This is HPR episode 2652 entitled Liverpool Makefest 2018 Interview with Caroline and John and is part of the series Interviews. It is hosted by Tony Hughes aka Tony H1212 and is about 7 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, this is the final interview from this year's Liverpool Makefest. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. So this is Tony Hughes, still at uh, Liverpool Makefest, uh, and I've got with me... Uh, it's Caroline Keep and... John Carlin. Yeah. And Caroline, you uh, helped set up the Liverpool Makefest in 2015. Can you just tell us a little bit how that process got going? Um, yeah, me and the three of the founders, Mark Felton and Denise Jones, the head of the library, set up the first Makefest. Um, we wanted to run a, a cultural event for young people because I'm a teacher to, to be in, have a look at new emerging technologies and, and there wasn't anything at the time. And we asked a few of our friends, like the current directors now, Mark uh, Sabino and Jen Fenner, to come and run some bits. And we thought we'd get maybe 10 people. And we ended up with five floors and about 6,000 <laughs> people. So today, four years later, we have a team of 28 that run Makefest. Um, me, Mark and Denise have uh, founding roles so we tend to do more o- observational and overseeing these days Jen Fenner and Mark Sabino have done some amazing direction this year so they've run a, put a great event on um, and I've been concentrating beautifully on opening the first makerspace in a school with uh, my head teacher John Carlin who's here with me So how does the uh, maker, makerspace in the school run? Pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it does run pretty well. To be honest, we've just got all of our kit in. So me and John have been working on what's called the Digital Creative Pathway, I think yeah. we've decided we're calling Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, where we're going to embed maker skills across the curriculum for every year for every child. So what kind of kit are you using? Oh, currently we're using 3D printers. Um, yeah, which we've just worn. Yes. Fabulous. With thank you to Ultimaker. Thank you, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Creative Education Ultimaker. We've got 3D printers that our kids built. And we're running as well um, Raspberry Pis, Arduinos, Microbits, Electronics, uh, Laser Cutting, pretty much your, your typical makerspace. So a lot of open source software and open source hardware as well. Yeah, well we do, we've got quite an ethos relatively of open source and sharing at Penkers. Yeah, well I think, I think the idea is that, that obviously if we you know, if you utilise open source then, then it means that the pupils can get access to it themselves outside the school. Yeah. So it's not about having an expensive kit that they have to then go and buy or source, you know, to, to continue that you know, to continue that outside the school. It's available to them and I think Spark is really there as sort of the first footsteps for them, you know, to sort of excuse the point, spark something in them and a passion for them that they can then continue beyond school really. Can I just ask, do you use that ethos in other aspects of the school curriculum, like with word processing and things like that? A number of things, really. I mean, as a school, we're really interested and focused on some of those higher impact sort of strategies that, that we're identifying at the JMU conference, for example, about sort of engaging learners in, in, in sort of 
you know, their thinking process, their metacognition around the learning, and really provide them with opportunities and enrichment activities that, that mean that you know, they're not just academically developing, they're also developing holistically, which means that they've got a love of learning, a passion for learning, and you know, really it means that, that, that going forward, you know, they, they've got an interest in, in things beyond just you know, a classroom-based scenario, and that, that's really important to me. Uh, to make sure that we build the right type of learning characteristics in our pupils. Yeah. So what kind of software would you use in the classroom as well as the makerspace? Uh, I use things like, we use things like Autodesk, Autodesk 360 do a wonderful program of support. Um, we use things like Cura for 3D printing. We currently use things like, pretty much a lot of the open source software has come with education. So uh, I'm using things like Unity's platforms for developing for VR and AR, um, and all of the platforms, obviously Raspberry Pi and, and coding and Python and, and, and C Sharp. So we use a lot of the free platforms because they are accessible to every school. And what we wanted to do with Spark, me and John agreed, was model it so that every school could ex- could do this. Yeah, yeah. form a blueprint there. Yeah. And for a minimal cost because yes. a lot of the software is open. Yes. And, you know, we spent minimal amounts of funds on our makerspace. Yeah, we were very, very fortunate budget. that we had a lot of support from the maker community to start. And obviously with us having Makefest as well, um, that helped our support in, in putting one into a school. Um, that is something every library can do. They now have a national mandate. We've been working with the library task force to have that. So every library has a mandate now to run a Makefest. So, you know, you can go to your local library, ask them to pull your community together and then ask... Your head teachers, well, here's my community. Can we open a makerspace? When you say every library, are you talking about Liverpool every, area no, or every, every library, library in the country? <laughs> yeah, we've now got ones in Stoke and Sheffield, Hull, every library. I think, I think to go back to your original question, that's exactly the point. You know, what software do we use predominantly? It's, it's office-based stuff, so it's you know it's the Microsoft suite. And why is that? Because obviously the curriculum is so narrow in terms of what we've got to deliver and what you know what, what the kids have got to retain in terms of knowledge that we're trying to provide them opportunities outside the classroom to broaden those horizons because otherwise the experience they're getting is predominantly web-based or office and that, that, that's it I mean obviously we're looking at some of the, the, the Microsoft suite to be able to get people to work in a different way collaborate outside the classroom so things like uh, Microsoft Teams and things like that but predominantly our curriculum you know directs people to use Microsoft and that's, yeah. that's about it really but that's pretty much every school yeah. so you know and it's quite difficult to give young people that experience have you thought about moving over to maybe open source office suites like mm. LibreOffice and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I think we have thought about that. I think, I think one of the biggest issues with that is obviously we want to prepare people as well for when they, they go into employment. And obviously employment spheres, predominantly they'll be using Microsoft in that type of office environment. So I think we need to prepare them for college, university and beyond. And that will be 80% of their experience. So, at the moment, we're trying to use the more predominant ones that we know what they're going to find in the industry in the future, and a lot of the ones that they're going to use in universities. So, why are we trying to use as much open source software as we can? Okay. If the pro- predominant use is a particular one like Microsoft Office, we do stick with that. Yeah, I think, I think the key really is, is, is to sort of develop them on the bog standard generic stuff that they're going to have to interact with on a day to day basis, but then provide them with wider opportunities so the best prepared. You know, you know, the scope is, is wide, I guess is, is the best way of putting yeah. it, really. Because yeah. right. we do have that massive digital, digital skills gap that we all know about. Mm. You know, and we're not preparing our students well enough for the jobs that they, they are going to aspire to. At they the probably don't exist. Uh, probably don't exist. Well, as I said, I said to you, I don't really want my kids doing jobs that don't exist. I want them inventing the jobs that don't exist. So, well, and I think that's what we 
getting our kids to do at the moment. Yeah. I, think, I think the other thing as well is it's more than just obviously what software they interact with. It's also those learning characteristics, independence, yeah, resilience, so. curiosity. You know, we need to develop those things in our pupils, and that's what the maker. Along, does, well, and yeah. also just you know, general enrichment does as well. Just provide them with, yeah. with a wider scope of opportunity. Sorry, I'm just keeping an eye on my two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> it's all but yeah, it's really, um, it's really that's what we're trying to provide. So it's a, a bigger scope for young people to engage with uh, a wide range of curriculum that will benefit them, and it also does benefit their learning and their progress at school. Yes. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, everyone, so much. I look forward to hearing it. Thank you. I'll look forward to your next episode. Thank you. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.